Hello, Cam. Hello, Kellen. <laughs> Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. How's it going? It's going pretty good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just, you know, hanging out. <laughs> Turns out it's August. That was a shock to me this morning. Yeah. Wasn't that yesterday? Yeah, it was yeah, yesterday. So, yeah. I mean... Uh, <laughs> Again, I found out this morning, but it turns out it was yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe it. What a what a strange year. Like it's uh Yeah. It's both the longest and shortest year that I have experienced. Uh yeah, I would tend to agree with that feeling. I feel like uh I'm Yeah, I'm feeling like a bit disappointed with the whole summer. Um I guess just cuz yeah, it unexpected or like less seeing other people. Um but I mean it is what it is, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's starting to get to me a bit like, and now the world's kind of getting back to normal a bit more. So, um, but I'm slightly behind the world or at least how it feels in this city. So I'm just like trying to figure out how much I'm like comfortable with and, and yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I think that's fair. It's like interesting because all these places are open again, but technically I think like the rules are still in place that like really you're only supposed to have that like bubble of 10 people or you're supposed to be distancing from people. So like, I don't know. Uh, I, I I don't feel that most people are abiding by that at this time, which is not to say that like I am an angel because like I, I don't really have a a bubble. Like I see people in distance um, to the best of my ability, but I don't know, like patios and restaurants are not a place that I'm going to be going anytime soon. Like nor like the hairdresser or the dentist, or I'm just going to wait it out for a bit longer. Yeah, we actually, we did go to a patio yesterday and it was the first time since I guess when we were on our way to Ottawa, we went to one cause they were already in like a stage ahead of us right. uh, on that direction. Um, and yeah, that, I don't know. It was weird. It was, uh, but yeah, it was weird. <laughs> yeah, I guess like, I, and I know some people like it very much depends where you are in the city and what patio you go to. Like I live on the Danforth, as you know, and it's just like, it's absolutely slammed. Like just like, mm-hmm. it, it looks like. Yeah, they're like, probably trying to make as much space or as much of the space that they can. Exactly. And like yeah. all the patios are extended into the street and everything now, which honestly I think is super cool. Uh, it looks a lot like when you're in Europe and you just kind of walk around and it's like patio, 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 which is fun. Um, but there's just far too many people like for me to feel comfortable. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. I'm, I'm curious what's been going on with you. I haven't heard anything other than you doing some air conditioning repairs um, yesterday. Uh, <laughs> man, I, I will never do that again. Like, what were I, you doing? Just cleaning it? Yeah. So I wasn't feeling good for the past week. And then a couple of weeks before that, I wasn't feeling good or feeling well. And there's that good and well thing again. Uh, okay. So <laughs> anyway, I wasn't, I actually went and got tested like for COVID just because yeah. I wanted to like double check and yeah, everything came out. Okay. Actually, Another tangent on this is just like they should be very clear in like bold letters like you do not have COVID or something like this. (laughs) The results that I got were so, so unclear. It was just like the test beholden. There was no sign of tested for this medical thing. And I'm like, what the F does that mean? Like (laughs) I had to Google it. Didn't really find good results. And then I just had to reread it slowly. I was like, I think I'm good. Like, and yeah, it was so confusing. It's not really a time you want to be confusing. Um, so 
back to the air conditioner thing. I was like, okay, if I kind of felt the same way a couple weeks ago and it was like my throat, you know, mostly in the mornings and at night, I'm like, I don't know, maybe we got to clean out this AC. Like air quality can be pretty bad in the city and we haven't cleaned this thing. And I opened it up and it was like pretty gross. If you have a window AC unit, like I will recommend you just throw it out now. I would have said yesterday <laughs> you should take it apart and clean it. But like I, I even looked for like someone to do that, but I, I couldn't really find anyone. Uh, most people who clean ACs are like doing those giant ones you have for your house. I don't really right. think that it makes sense for them to clean. It's probably going to cost the same as buying a new one to get yeah. this thing clean. And Interesting. yeah, I did. I did that. Uh, like took it apart, took it out of the window. I had to do that anyway because I was like moving something off the patio and it's like this, it was in the way of opening the door. So I was like, well, I may as well just clean it while I'm at it, you know? But <laughs> like, what a stupid mistake that was. I like opened the thing up. I'm trying to keep track of where all the screws go. That's bad enough. I'm also in an apartment building and I'm watching these YouTube videos on how to clean it and they're like, use a hose to hose through the front of your grill. And I was like, cool. <laughs> I like <laughs> poured water and it's like <laughs> so ineffective. You need to like spray water through at a very fast rate. Like a hose would give you. <laughs> um, so I actually ended up like calling the building, telling them to like, uh, or asking them like, can I please borrow a hose? <laughs> like I ch- like carry this massive thing downstairs. People are like, what the hell is this guy? doing uh and clean the ac and brought it back up it was probably like a four or five hour process yesterday which is like why i was hoping it wouldn't be rainy today so i could actually make use of this long weekend but (laughs) but instead you have a clean air conditioner it was a nightmare and yeah it's clean i don't know if it helped at all like it's kind of clean it's still pretty gross in there i honestly think i'll just like give this one away and go get a new one if we need to. Like that's yeah. probably less work and more worth it uh, than to just do that every year. They say you yep. should do this every year. There's no way I'm going to do this every year. Yeah, I guess like for their own liability sake, they probably have to say that. But like, I'm very curious who does it. And I'm also curious, like, why do they not function in such a way that they have like removable filters like you do in your house? I'm there curious. There is like a filter that you can clean, but like aside from that, there's still so much that gets past this uh. little thing and like and it just it also wasn't like cooling very well. And so right. it was a mix of like the air quality and and that like I could look into the little grate and see like I don't know, black. And yeah. this thing is supposed to be white on the inside. Yeah, so like, yeah, I got that it. Couldn't, that couldn't, there's no way that's good for me to breathe in constantly. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, cool. I guess that's my, <laughs> that's air been, conditioner story. <laughs> yeah, that's the air conditioner story. I don't know. Why don't we start with you? I feel like I'm always leading us off and it goes too long. Like, we, go into, we'll get to me later. All right. Sounds good. Um, yeah. yeah, I think uh, for today, um, the updates that I want to talk about are pretty light. So I think um, the last time that we spoke, I think the main thing that we were talking about was uh, working with my mom on her tea business and trying to get that into, um, you know, like an online shop. Um, And we were just kind of starting brainstorming then. Um, So we've had some good meetings and I think we've like started figuring out what direction we want to go with things first. So my mom is very passionate about um, like the education component of all of this. So my mom really like specializes in like different herbs and plants and all of that kind of stuff. And 
And so she's very passionate about like, not just having a store where she can sell things, but that she really wants to be able to like, you know, like connect with the community and, and share like education from like different perspectives. Um, like the way she phrases it is like, you know, there's people who are interested in like the scientific portion of it. And there's people who are like, you know, this plant is in like this moon and like those kinds of things that I know nothing about. Mm -hmm. Um, So she was like, I want to be able to offer like that to different kinds of people who have different interests. And so we went kind of back and forth on that. And so I think what we've landed on in terms of like our, our current game plan and and where we're starting is that um, first, like building up like a, a social media. And when I say building up, I just mean like getting one started. So starting with, with an Instagram, um, and basically focusing that around like plants that will be used for the teas and, and, and making that like both aesthetically pleasing, but also like educational. Um, mm-hmm. so that like people who are interested in what she does and types of types of information that she provides can follow there. And then in parallel setting up like her online tea shop so that that might be like a couple months away, two or three months, um, as we figure out what that looks like. But that in the meantime, um, she, she can be thinking about, um, you know, like what types of tea she wants to provide, but that she can spend time doing kind of this education portion. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Any thoughts on that? I think, um, yeah, it makes sense to start audience building right away. Um, through Instagram, uh, I would even, advocate maybe a blog uh like using a hosted service of some kind too if she's willing to put in like more than just um small snippets of of text because like that can start building up your your seo game and then that's a good point and and it really tends to be how a lot of companies um attract new customers uh organically nowadays right and uh, yeah, there are probably a lot of company. I don't know how much this works for, um, e-commerce though, because e-commerce, a lot of it will be probably driven more so by ads. Uh, like if you're just doing something that gets sold kind of quickly, but if you really want that educational aspect, then it does make sense to start building up kind of like a blog or like an FAQ type of thing. And, um, right. but that, it's, that's it's a lot a- more work. So I, w- I would say, yeah. like, um, yeah, stick to like a, a small scope sounds really good to to start. Yeah, I think that was like her initial hope was like, I want this website that is a shop and also like educational content and all this kind of stuff. And I, and I was, I, I agree that that's a good route. I think I, if I were to do that, I want to figure out like the easiest way of doing that. Also like keeping in mind that like, not in a rude way, but my mom is not the most technically inclined person. So it's also like figuring out like, what are the, what are the places with the lowest barrier to entry right now? Um, Mm -hmm. But I think you make a really good point. And so I think as I, I, I've not really ever done much on Shopify. So I need to spend some time figuring that out. But I assume at this point, you can set up some types of like hybrid sites that are not just shops, but also content. Do you know anything about that? hundred percent. When I was working with, uh, with someone that we, previously worked with i don't i don't know um you know i'm not gonna name names or anything but uh when i was subcontracting with with this person we were doing um a lot of shopify work and and there was a lot of content work involved in that actually um and we and there were also these themes that were hybrids of like it had a blog right pretty basic and it had a site uh, for for bu- purchasing uh, the products and uh, that that actually now that I'm thinking back that was a huge part of their um, 
sales and marketing strategy was content. They were constantly just pumping out content that had kind of these SEO, uh, like keyword heavy blog posts. Um, I would recommend I'll send you. Yeah, I think I've maybe mentioned this before, like a intro to SEO. Um, course or video like it's just a free video but it's really great by the founder previous founder of Moz and it just kind of goes it. over a lot of the stuff that you should be aware of if you're starting any online business in an hour and so it's like it just like even me 5 years later into web when I watched it was like uh, I should have watched that like 5 years ago cuz it's yeah. so important um cool. but yeah long answer short Short answer long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, I mean, um, on that side of things, like, let's say, like, so, yeah, I'm definitely interested in that. I'm going to do some more digging now that we've talked about this on on how to maybe do both. Um, and so, kind of on that front, in terms of, like, social media and branding and stuff, I think the couple things that we've been doing is actually shout out to your old company where you used to work, Luca. I, like, got my mom, which, for anyone who doesn't know, um, was previously called Logo Joy, and there's, like, it has, like, Maybe I'm going to misrepresent this cam so you can correct me, but it's like it's an, a logo an, maker. It's a logo maker. Like it's supposed to be like an, an AI first logo maker. And so you can choose different logos that like appeal to you and choose different like colors and icons and, and they generate like some beautiful logos. And so I'll be honest, there's not a lot of AI. It's more yeah. just like programmatic, <laughs> uh, but you know, it, I don't want to spoil the secret. I just did. Yeah, but anyway, anyways, it's, it's, it, I think it works quite well. And like, I mean, it comes up with some like, some lovely designs. And so you don't need right. anything more than that when you're just getting started. Like if you go and hire someone for like a thousand or, you know, 5,000 bucks to make you a, a logo, like you can pay anywhere in a ma- right. massive range. No sense in doing that. Just go and use something like this. Yeah, exactly. So we started off there and I think our intention is, so we both messed around together and then I kind of told my mom to take it away and like click around and try to figure out like what resonates with her. And then from there, we're either going to decide that like, yeah, this is like, this is good enough. We're like fine moving forward with this or that we'd use it as inspiration to find somebody definitely not in the thousand dollar range to help to maybe like make like an elevated version of that or something like more to our liking. But like I have some like, yeah, I think that, uh, I think we'll probably just be able to use one of the ones that have been generated with them. Some like slight alterations. Mm-hmm. Um, and then secondarily in terms of like the Instagram, as you know, I'm horrible with Instagram. So I don't know <laughs> why I'm going down this route. Um, it's definitely not a passion of mine. Um, <laughs> it's not that I'm not interested. It's just like at this point, I, I know so little, um, especially about making things look good. So anyways, the two things that are going on there is what I've got my mom to do. And I'm also doing is just like spending time going through like the different hashtags of like tea or tea leaves or loose leaf tea or tea shops to like save all of the images that like aesthetically look like what you would want yours to look like so that we can kind of try to like for like align on like what that will look like overall. And then the second thing is that we've both committed to taking some kind of a online course to level up our skills in that area. Because I think like, yeah, we really will need to focus on like it being like beautiful photography and looking nice. Um, a combination of like, my mom is also into photography of like photos that she might take or online sourced. Um, I think it'll probably be both, but anyways, trying to figure that out. And I think that's, yeah, that's a, what was the first kind of like a well, mood board? Yeah, exactly. That, that was the point. The mood board is like a really good way to go about 
honestly like most projects like i'll go and take inspiration you know when i was building beer finder from other like online store uh, stores and like um taking like stealing basically little parts and like putting them all together and then making it my own and i think that's a great way to do it and then yeah i'm sure there's a good course i don't have one to recommend but there's probably a really good course out there that can help you with like some uh I was using Skillshare the other day. Uh, I don't know. It was okay, but it, it like the course I was taking was this like better phone photography, like better photography uh, right. with your phone. And it was pretty basic to be honest, but it, at a certain point it might be enough for like just getting started. Um, I was hoping to get a little bit more out of that, but yeah, there might be something like that. That's even more geared towards Instagram. That's going to help you. I think that's a really great idea for just getting the mood and the feel that you want. We did that at Ecobee. Like I I saw the marketing team constantly doing that with like, what are we looking for to like go with our brand and stuff? And yeah, it's, it's a very good practice. Got it. Yeah. I think like to your point, like I have been trying to figure out like also just learning more about product photography in general. Um, and this might sound like I, I don't know how you're going to feel about this recommendation. So I understand a lot of issues with having the app TikTok. However, there are lots of people on there that actually do like a behind the scenes on like how they do their product photography. And it's like absolutely mind blowingly creative. The like simple things that they use to like, you know, make really elevated looking product photography. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I just have happened to see that just like from like using the app, like, I don't know, previously. Um, but now that you're saying out loud that you've like taken these courses, I actually think like, or this course on Skillshare, I actually think that like looking up like product photography hashtags on there would give like a lot of really cool ideas too. Like I, I, I've been mind blown many times. So yeah. Yeah. There's always these little tricks. I mean, really one of the biggest keys is just like having great lighting and that's going to take you 90% of the way there. And then the rest, yeah, you can put, you know, like cardboard or what do you call it? Like, uh, I don't know, like cardboard paper, like colored cardboard. I don't know what you even call that stuff. Like um, Bristol board. Yeah. Like Bristol board. I feel like we used to have a word for this when we were kids, we would like cut up little, you know, it's like not paper, oh, like it's construction a paper, <laughs> construction paper. Okay. Got it. <laughs> oh man. I haven't said that word in too long. That feels, <laughs> feels good. Feels though, right? good. Yeah. yeah. I got to go get some of that. And yeah, you just like put little pieces of that behind, like depending on the colors and then you reuse those. Like I've seen some companies doing that uh, mm. behind the scenes and you're like, Oh, and it's just like lit up enough that it makes it look like this, like in depth, kind of background on a in a professional studio or something. Yeah. So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So those are those are kind of the two things in terms of like just figuring out getting that kind of social media stuff up and running. On my mom's side of things, she's thinking about like content and like the types of stuff that she wants to start with sharing. And then on the actual like shop side of things, I think one discussion we've been having is like w- like we don't really want to create a shop with like huge amount of inventory. Um, it just like, it won't be manageable. And so our initial idea was that like, we would come out with like one to two teas a month. Um, and so based on that, I actually am interested in trying to start with the option of a subscription, um, such that people could sign up to get like a monthly tea. Um, and just like see how that goes, but with the option of also being able to like buy things one off. But I think, yeah, if you could, I mean, if you are a person who drinks teas and you like natural teas, you might want to receive new tea every month. So it's not like the most outlandish thing in the world. Um, so yeah, I feel like that's kind of the direction that we want to go with that. Um, and that basically, like, the, go ahead. 
I like the idea of paring it down, not trying to offer everything. And uh, I don't know if you if you ended up listening to that cookies uh, podcast or whatever. I did. Yeah, I did. And that kind of touched on that too, where they were like, you know, at one point they were just offering like one type of cookie or they would just switch it out and bring another one in and people are like I want the old cookie back and yeah and then you know that just gets them more excited to stick around and like pay attention to what you're doing for and they'll try the new teas that you have and you know and then find a new one that they love so right and I think like uh, also like focusing on like not having a lot of waste I think that like any like leftover teas will be things that you could can buy as one offs and then upcoming ones as well. Um, but that also like if, if there are people who are interested in the subscription side of things, it will help us for like planning um, mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, how much needs to be ordered or put together or whatever it is. And so I was just kind of like in terms of like inspiration for how those different things work. There are different tea boxes that exist, but also just like when I think of subscription services, I have like um, like razor blades, for example, it's like, it's like you, you basically have to have committed by a certain day in the month and then they charge you like X days later. And then if the charge is successful, then it gets shipped out to you. And if it's not, you like receive emails, like your credit card is expired or like it didn't work or whatever it is. Um, just so there's like some security around that as well. So anyways, those are, that's basically, I would say like the majority of the updates around that right now. But yeah, it's like kind of fun and interesting to be working on something with my mom and yeah, I think like at minimum it will be a fun project and learning experience. And I'm not going to say at maximum cause I don't know what the maximum is, but somewhere between minimum and maximum would be that like, you know, my mom has the ability to like share things that she loves online and also that she could make like a small amount of, of money from um, selling things that she makes online. So yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. I'm excited for that journey to be kicking off. I think it's, yeah, same. yeah, it's really great. And I do think there's actually like a lot of room for more, um, kind of like natural organic teas and, and stuff. Actually, you, uh, you should check out, like go and sign up for the newsletter for uh detour coffee roast roasters. Oh, okay. I'll do that. And maybe try a few of them and even the tea companies and just see how yeah. they kind of, uh, pump out content like and the way that they manage their like because email is kind of a big part of this uh that's true which they basically just link off to their blog posts right but you can keep reusing your content once it's out by having this kind of like once you sign up uh they'll like keep you know they'll give you this kind of drip onboarding flow where it just sends you you know these are the types of coffee like check out these kinds and like educate you more to get you more excited about like I don't know third wave coffee or these types of things so that you're better prepared for your next order and why it matters to like um, you know where the beans come from and those types what altitude and stuff like that and I think that's really cool and it makes you want to support them more Um, yeah for sure yeah I recently ordered from from them like because I was trying to find an alternative to Jimmy's which was like the right. coffee that I would go to all the time very consistent consistently uh, get those beans and and uh, yeah it turned out they had some shady practices going on or their owner was like kind of a piece of shit <laughs> to put Fair. it mildly yeah sorry uh, but yeah then I was like trying to search out some new beans and I tried a couple orders from them and I honestly didn't like the first bags I got it wasn't my style of coffee but I did 
you know, get signed up for the, the email flow in the process. And then, you know, you see what new stuff they're coming out with. There's like, like you said, maybe they probably do it way more often. Like every couple right. of weeks they put out new roasts. Um, but, but it's, uh, yeah, it's been cool. I, and cool. so, yeah, now I've stumbled upon some new beans that I like. Yeah, that's awesome. I think that's a really good idea. I, I will do that and like sign up to them to go to an inbox where I can actually just look at those things. That will be super helpful. Um, actually, just like one more thing came to mind. I've also just been like kind of looking into the realm of like in the future influencer marketing and, and how that would work. And it's it's kind of interesting. There's like obviously you people do influencer marketing by reaching out directly to influencers, but there's also like these interesting kind of like matching platforms where um, you can find like people that you might have difficulty finding on your own who are like not like massive influencers, but even like people with like a 5,000 followers or whatever it is who are just like, you know, active in kind of that whole, like let's say like wellness herbal remedies kind of like space. And you could, you can get matched with um, people within your budget and things like that. So I thought that was like, um, yeah, just like an interesting thing to explore in the future as well. Yeah. That, I, I interviewed for a company while I was looking for my next dev job, uh, when I thought I was gonna, you know, get a job again. And, uh, and it was kind of the first time that popped up on my radar, but it's an interesting idea. I think it's definitely it, these people hold a lot of weight and same with like, I don't know, podcasts or bloggers, anything like that, that you can like reach out to and, and get them kind of helping you like pitch your product. I mean that, that coffee, uh, YouTube channel that I sent you recently, James Hoffman is just like a perfect example of that. Anything he talks about, the community just like goes and like Uh, buys it all up and you know, but he does very honest reviews. He actually doesn't take any sponsorships or anything. He has a, uh, Patreon and got it. Everything is funded through that, so he can review products honestly. And oh, that's uh, cool. Yeah, I actually really respect that. But <laughs> the majority of the influencer market, I don't think right. is th- like that. Uh, is like that. Uh, I'm not going to say they don't have integrity, but like you, they probably need to make money off of this. Yeah. Whereas he has a whole other company that he makes his money. So got it. Um, I think but, there's like varying degrees of it. There's people who don't take money in this case. And like, you know, like are sponsored through things like Patreon. There's people who like take money, but like very much, I think do it with integrity. Like they really like vet their products and like, they will never, you know, like they'll never advertise something that they don't truly believe in. And then there's people who like, you know, they're just in it for a buck. They could care less. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just the same as humans. We got some good ones. We got some bad ones. So <laughs> heck yeah, we do. Um, yeah. So I think that in that realm of my life, that pretty much sums it up. So I think that's all I'll talk about for that today. I will say as a sidebar, which I will not get into right now that I have become heavily obsessed with the idea of the tattoo removal industry. And I have been like just researching this nonstop have reason to believe that it is a very good industry to get into. Um, yeah, I'm very curious about it. Um, so again, it's did far Diego too big. tattoo like your name on his uh, his chest oh, or something, and you're trying to? F- that's how this all started. <laughs> no, I like. Oh gosh, I didn't want to. Dig- did I I'm say his ha- name? I'm- your name? Yeah, I don't know yeah. what I said. <laughs> I would, I, you know, he could go either way. Um, but uh, high level, like I've always been like really just obsessed with tattoo removal videos. They're super satisfying to watch. Like that was kind of the level of it. And like I have some tattoos, some that I like more than others. So I've definitely considered it in the past. Um, but like, I'm not really someone who like, I hate my tattoo. So I would remove it. Um, 
And it's not like a, it's not like a quick thing to get done. It's like a multiple session thing. Each session is like very expensive and you can see where this is going. Why I think it's quite lucrative. <laughs> um, and a lot of people like do get tattoo removal to like fully remove them. But a lot of people just like try to fade them to get cover ups. And so my sister-in-law had just recently gotten uh, the removal done so she could get a cover up. And anyways, something I've always kind of been interested in, but now I've like really just been digging into like, uh, the financials of it. And I'm, I'm just curious to talk to more people who are in the industry and like how that is working out for them. It's interesting. Like there's different regulations depending on where you live, but technically where we live, there is no regulation. So like anyone can up and start removing tattoos. Obviously, like I, I would, I would not recommend that people should probably take courses because you're using <laughs> lasers. Um, but anyways, oh. uh, this is just something I've been like spending a lot of time on my side researching right now because I think it's an interesting industry. Yeah, it's always good to just I don't know dive in and learn so- about something new. And yep, yeah, and then at, at the very least, you have a bunch of knowledge on this new subject. Right. And I can yeah. share it with everyone who is curious. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like I'm, I'm super curious to know what's been going on in your world. As you know, I've had some of your fans asking uh, me about this <laughs> spe- specifically a shout out to my aunt Judy, who might be my, my biggest fan on the podcast. She really wants to know what's going on with beer finder. So I don't know, maybe you need to give the fans what they want. Holla. Hey, aunt Judy. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Beer finder. My dad was asking me or just kind of like, he keeps sending me ideas about it and stuff. And yeah, there's, uh, it's, it's still going. It's still a bit of a mixed bag, like of how I am thinking about this. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, we're, we're still like, we have, okay. So yeah, in the past couple of weeks, we had one customer that we had churn. It was our first churn. And uh, I kind of saw it coming. They are like a one skew um, beer company. And I think generally people want to order more than one thing when they're purchasing online, like have a variety. Like we partnered with Collective Arts, which like has like, I don't know, 25 or something like a massive array of of beers. And so that... um, seems to be going pretty well for them. Like they seem happy with being on there. They were also like, at. I think there's a lot of stuff to figure out still there for like how much value is at each um, vertical kind of section of the website. Like, right. because if we kind of originally tiered this out into like premium uh, standard and, and basic, and it would be like tiered like that, but um, there might be just like, almost not a huge value add if you're not just the very top premium spot like it might actually not give a ton more exposure to like that it's worth paying extra for um though you so i think we just need to figure out our value proposition on that a bit but also i'm not surprised by that one who had a single skew turnout it was you know a bummer in that i felt bad for just like um kind of wasting their time or feeling like it might be a waste of their time. But um, I offered to keep them on the site for an extra month and just, uh, you know, hopefully there will be some more sales that come out of it because they didn't have a ton of success with it. I don't want people to, I don't want to be like, just, ah, we got your money for a month. Like, no, we're looking for people to like partner with like long term on this. Yeah. Um, that it's actually going to provide value to, um, in that same week, we had one of the previous companies that we had pitched um, 
reach out to us and say that they wanted to sign up for August. And so they kind of filled their spot. Um, Got it. And so they signed up. That's Nickelbrook. They're one of the other larger breweries here. They have a large number of SKUs. And so I think it's probably a pretty good fit. But they also signed up to that tier below uh, Collective Arts. And so I'll be interested to see how that goes for them. Uh, right. in the first month especially to see like how many clicks they're getting um, versus collective I guess uh, like obviously the top spot you should be getting more but is it like are they at least getting more clicks than the spots below the, right. the next one um, so there's that um, so like you know there's still activity going on here um, and we actually had another customer or potential customer reach out in Junction Craft Brewery. They're a pretty big, but like local brand. And actually my, my two prerequisites right now for thinking like if a customer is a good fit. Also, actually, that was a really good exercise with um, the one SKU brewery is like finding out uh, who's not a good customer. Yeah. And so if people reach out again and it's like a local brewery that has like two beers or five beers and they only ship in Toronto, probably not a great call. But if our two prerequisites now for like validating a good customer is like, do they ship across Ontario? Because then they have access to like more people. It's not just narrowed in on our Toronto site. Right. And do they have many SKUs like, I don't know, above five or six, I would say is like, and is it like an array of uh, different types of beers? Um, so, so yeah, that's uh that's in the process right now in the works of like signing them up. We're going to see if cool. that goes forward. I guess um, we were talking on Thursday and then we'll see next week. Awesome. Um, yeah. I'm just trying to think there's um, yeah, there's like changes I want to look at exploring with beer finder, uh, not putting like too much of my time towards like developing the site out and stuff, but maybe just like, Hey, maybe we just do a single tier like at this point because traffic has been lower because of, right. I guess, summer things opening up and, and whatnot. Um, it's lower than when it was at peak, kind of like everyone was just going on about like ordering beer online. And, and that was right. that was great, but unsustainable. Um, and so, yeah, just thinking like, OK, at that time, it made sense to have like three different levels of offerings. But right now we're looking at doing maybe just, uh, or I'm thinking maybe we just do the one like premium or not. And actually we, right. we extended, uh, we were going to basically make everyone on the site pay or, um, if you wanted a link through to your, to your website. And we didn't get a lot of uptake on that. We sent that email right when the economy was kind of opening back up. Yeah. Uh, and so we ended up, sending out another email because we sent an email saying like, we're going to remove uh, or like downgrade your accounts on this date. And then the date came and like not a lot of activity by then. And reasonably, like I don't think a lot of people really paid attention to that email. They were busy trying to open up their patios, things like that. So when we sent out a follow-up email saying like, look, we decided to keep everyone on this basic plan for now uh, for the indeterminate future, uh, just to kind of show our support to the beer community. And that's actually right. what led to this Nickelbrook customer coming back and being like, ah, oh, that's really awesome what you guys are doing here. And we want to pay anyway, because um, they're in a position to do so. 
Right. So that bought us some goodwill, I think, sending that out. Cool. And um and yeah, so I think there's some levers to play with there and kind of see what we can do with it. Um still like finding it challenging the communication between me and like uh the co the co-founder part of this is like really tricky uh in full honesty like i think it's one of the hardest things um especially like if we were both full-time on this and we knew that we were both like working constantly towards this then it would be a lot easier to um you know sometimes it takes three days to get a message back and forth and that that's really hard to plan things plan a company around and like she has other stuff going on uh jake has other stuff going on that she's running a whole other company like she's involved in several and i think they're really heating up right now and um so yeah trying to find time to like talk about that and figure out like look if we're gonna like do this we need to have some sort of commitment towards it um and and yeah, like with Dan, it kind of like went south a bit, like working with my friend Dan on this, uh, that went south when trying to figure out how to move forward on this too. Uh, and so that's been really just deflating in terms of like wanting to pursue this <laughs> further. Right, right. Um, I won't get into all the details. Like I don't want to. Um, yeah, that's. I think that's totally fair. Yeah, but I do think it's like just... Yeah, it's like hard to want to keep going on something that like has had some like almost like baggage or something, you know, like yeah. towards it and not as excited. And also when, you know, when I see like, yeah, maybe I, like going back to that whole thing, if we were both committed to this like all the time, then it would make a lot more sense. I would get more motivated to to work hard on this, but I am actually kind of like hedging my bets. Like I'm trying to step away speci- like intentionally from beer finder to work on other things. So it feels a a little less like frustrating when it's like that I'm like doing everything. Right. Right. I think that's yeah. Understandable. Yeah. So that's kind of where beer finders at Aunt Judy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Awesome. I mean, I know you said that you've been unwell also. Is there anything else kind of that you've been working on or thinking about? Yeah, I I have actually. I've been working on. I've been like, I've been doing a lot of like soaking up information, podcasts, and YouTube videos, and and just exploring with coding in general. Like just having a little more freedom to like play around. But I do have kind of a idea that I'm uh, kind of like pursuing as well right now. And part of this is thinking much more long term. I don't. So one of the things, and I've heard this reflected from other founders that in these like many podcasts I've been listening to a lot lately, um, like you can kind of see it with companies. Like if you build on the, if you build your company on the shoulders of giants, it can be great because you get immediate, um, I don't know, access to everything they've done. So like with beer finder, like a lot of it is built on like the Shopify and WordPress and those things. But we're built on like their APIs basically. And if any of that changes, it can have these huge breaking effects. And so I really, since the start, my criteria, I've started going back over this criteria of like, what kind of business do I really want to run for the long run? And not just thinking like right now, I still want to like be able to ship an MVP or whatever pretty quickly. I don't want to think like, Oh, 
spend two years on a product uh, before getting it out. But I also, you know, would like to make sure that whatever I build next, I tick the right boxes so that I'm actually happy working on this, this thing. Right. Uh, so I started, yeah, looking at, you know, what are all the things that, um, that I know that a business needs. And, and at first I, I was kind of playing around with like a site builder because it could actually help me. I think I might've talked about this on the podcast. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I was exploring this website builder. It's quite a big process. Uh, or it's, it's quite a heavy lift to build out a whole site builder, but I know it would help me a bit in like my freelancing work too. So, um, so I'm still exploring that, but I've also kind of narrowed that scope down to just like forms in general. Um, I know it's actually like a pretty hard space because there are a lot of competitors. Um, but I've been trying not to think too much about competition, which kind of, you know, competition seems to be one of the worst decisions not to enter a market. If you were to ask me or many, many people that I've, I've been researching this advice from, it's like, yes, there's a certain point where it's maybe too commoditized, but I also think you just, if there's a lot of competition, it's a good signal that there's actually like people pursuing that market, you know? Uh, And so some of those main ones are like email marketing, uh, you know, like a MailChimp type of service, it's super crowded. But there are still companies that are coming up today that are like very niche towards a certain demographic. And so you kind of have to just differentiate enough. And so that I've been playing around with that idea in the form space. I've seen there are a few larger competitors like that are, I've managed to find their I don't know, annual revenue in one way or another at different snapshots. And it's like yeah. not insignificant. And then there's a bunch of smaller kind of just like up and coming uh, players in the space that are charging like way less. And I, I honestly think it's probably not sustainable for some of those like to, to be charging so low. Right. And it's going to be quite a lift. Like technically, it won't be something I can ship in like a month. But I'm trying to give myself a bit more flexibility in terms of like long-term thinking. So, um, right. so I'm going to explore that kind of, I'm not sure if it will be, I'm not sure what the niche necessarily is around. Like, will it be fully a form builder where you like drag and drop and like drop it into your website, you know? Yeah. Um, or will it be kind of more like geared towards developers who kind of like being able to like, really customize the forms and, and whatnot and own the code and styling. Yeah. Um, so I'm figuring some of that out. I'm just playing around mostly right now with like, I was playing around with the marketing site branding and like, you know, just trying to get what, what that, um, cause sometimes I think you can differentiate even just by your brand and how it stands right. out, how it resonates with people. And so I've been playing around with designs and that, been playing around with some code of like building a form builder and how that will work. What's the, what are, is it something I can technically, technically achieve like pretty easily? And I've got a small prototype, super ugly forms working, but it's like, you know, I'm able to add in like email field, name field, and like have that system for like how you can go and quickly add them. And so I'm, right. I'm going to try and just build out, I think, you know, at this point, that's where I'm leaning is like build out the, 
application in a very rough way of like this kind of form builder thing where you can save a form, build out uh, some of the main things like authentication for users, being able to log in, sa- save your forms to your uh, account and and then how to incorporate that into a site and kind of build that out for myself yeah, because uh, it will come in handy and and see where that goes. So that's kind of what I'm playing with. I think it's, uh, I don't know, I, I'm excited about just like uh, trying to build something that like doesn't have really dependencies. Uh, right. And I think that I'm a good enough marketer or I can work with people well enough that I can go and carve out a small niche. Like I don't need the whole market in this. I just need right. a small enough niche that is like willing to give this a, sh- a, ch- a chance. And so, yeah, that's kind of yeah, where I I'm think at. That, yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. It sounds like, it sounds like it'll be a lot of fun to explore. And I know you've always kind of had these checklists of, of, of things that you want to be part, like to exist uh, for businesses that you pursue and things that should not. And I know that, beer finder didn't necessarily check all those boxes, but I think it was like an interesting first step into like getting something out into the, into the open and a lot of learnings from that. So yeah, I think that this is super exciting and I'm like definitely, um, yeah, excited to like hear more details as you, as you continue working on it. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Cause like one of the podcasts that we listened to, uh, the art of product, right. One of the founders or one of the co-hosts in that, uh, kind of went for this approach just recently, right? right? I With remember. Static kit. Derek, yeah. I messaged him on Twitter. I was like, what was the reasoning for kind of like abandoning that space and going yeah. towards this calendar app direction? Like what took you away from that? Was it, you know, and, and I asked him a, a series of questions and he's like, yeah, you pretty much nailed it. Like it's somewhat commoditized. There's a lot of uh, competition there and a lot of people in the niche that he was targeting are more just like hobbyist developers rather than like working for, uh, I don't know, maybe working for a large company or whatever. Right, right. But um, I also think, you know, just looking, he only kind of went after it for a couple months and I did see he got pretty good traction with like some of the larger companies like the, uh, I don't know, just like the hosting companies. Like he, right. Vercel, which used to be, um, <laughs> I don't know, man, I'm, I'm losing my words, but they're a big hosting company. Um, right. and they do like hosting for your websites and they got, you know, they connected and did a conference together and helped, uh, on some of that. I was originally thinking of reaching out and being like, you know, would you just sell this business? Cause you've set up a lot of it to start, but I actually think yeah. I have a I want to approach it differently than what okay, yeah. the way that he's going. Um, but yeah, that's, that's fair. But yeah, I, I kind of saw that he was doing that and I was like, oh, I don't know. This is throwing me off now because uh, he abandoned that space. There's obviously reason, but it feels like something I have to find out for myself at this point. I think so. And, and there's lots of people who have not abandoned it and are successful in it. So I wouldn't use that as like your only source of um, truth or uh, I wouldn't use that as a validation that the space is not a good one to be in. Yeah. And like, I'm happy Entirely. to just consult or do other things on the side for two years and like, uh, yeah. and slowly have this grow into something. And cause I really do want to grow something more for the long haul uh, rather than just like a quick, you know, current event type of business. Like, you know, beer finder was very like, COVID-19 pandemic uh, 
inspired or related because of like how it came to be. And it's like, you know, but it was relying on this like wave of like, is this the new thing? And I'd rather something that's more like consistent. And I think forms are not going anywhere. There's, you're yeah, going to need forms right. on your website for a long time. So it's more just about carving out that space. Yeah. Pandemic or not, we got forms to fill. And that is the takeaway. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's awesome. Um, um, yeah, I'm just excited to see like uh, more of what you do with it. And I think we'll, we'll dig into it in uh, our further conversations more for sure. hundred percent. Cool. I mean, I think that's everything for me. What about you? Same, same, same. All right. So uh, if anyone wants to find us, you can check us out on Twitter at WorkPalsPodcast. See ya. Have a good one.